Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of all the movies. Wait, hold on. How does this beginning bit go? Of every, every movie, movie in the known universe. In the I've known got universe. It, I literally have it written down in front of me here. And I've said it... <laughs> 56 times. I still get it wrong every now and then. And that's, <laughs> and that's to keep the audience on their toes. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, go on. I'll let you, I'll let you riff, riff for a second. I was going to say, that's what it's all about. I mean, this audience, yeah. they, you know, they never know what to expect from us. I think we got a comment a, few, a while ago when we put a video up about Free Guy. I never know what to expect from you two. And that's what we do, Conrad. <laughs> we keep yeah. them on their toes. Yeah. The one thing that you <laughs> can absolutely be sure that you're not going to get is professionalism. Um, <laughs> I, I am your host the podcaster with no name comrade and with me as always his house his coffee his rules it's anthony james hello welcome welcome one and all anthony how the devil are you doing all right i thought i'd start with the hello this week because uh, i yeah. ended last week with goodbye uh yeah. or no just bye yeah for uh, us so for just yeah just do a very simple hello i'm doing mm. all right conrad um uh, i'm at the point now where you know every teacher like starts to complain about you know needing needing time off after only being back for a couple of weeks but i'm i'm at that already i'm ready i'm ready for a week off yeah looking forward to it in february yeah i i always um uh, i always think back to pam in the american office talking about um taking all of our holiday uh, and and proudly claiming that she made it like three weeks into January this year before taking all her <laughs> holiday, and that is very much how I'm feeling right now. I've been back at work for two weeks, and I'm already like, Jesus. Yeah, cause you yeah, because you have to choose your own holiday, so you literally could take them all in February yeah, if you wanted. I could do. I could. I could like hit the alpha strike button and just be like, no, I'm not doing Monday this <laughs> year. Monday is uh, 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 January rather. January is gone as a month. I'm just going to take the whole thing off. That's crazy. Actually, actually, that's a question, right? Do you have enough holidays that you could just take four day weeks the whole year? I don't know how uh, how uh, private no. sector holidays work. Not the whole year. I could do four day weeks for half the year if I if I so chose. But um, not worth it. Not worth. Not it. worth it. No, and that that would also mean working over Christmas, which. Um, you know, no one wants that, frankly. Um, <laughs> speaking of Christmas, we're get, we're here to talk about a movie that I saw. I consider this a Christmas movie. I don't really know <laughs> Do why. You? I couldn't. It has a Christmassy feel to it. Maybe because it's kind of like autumnal, uh, mm-hmm. like New England setting. But murder that, that plots. Makes it, murder plots. Absolutely. You know, the the what what Christmas is complete without a good old fashioned family murder. Um, <laughs> it is, of course, Knives Out that we're here to talk about. Uh, this so- is very telling that this reminds you of Christmas, Conrad. Like this, this whole film is about a family falling apart yeah. and a family arguing with each other. And you, yeah. this reminds you of Christmas. I probably, I probably revealed something uh, awful about myself and my family uh, <laughs> by by establishing that association. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I say without further ado, let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies, particularly ones on Netflix, we're here to talk about them. Um, that's right. It's Kni- Knives Out actually wasn't, or well, it is on Netflix now. It didn't launch on Netflix. It's not on Netflix, uh, is it? I think it, it's definitely on a streaming service. I think it might. You've be got on a v- You've got a VPN, I think, don't you? Yeah, I do have a VPN. That kind of messes everything up, actually. Maybe- yeah, it, well, I couldn't find it on Netflix. I actually had to rent this for three fifty on. Uh, rent this for three fifty on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Uh, and the reason I had to do that was because I've already packed my Blu-ray of it uh, upstairs, and I was not opening up that box. 
Oh, okay. That's not a very accessible Blu-ray. I mean, you've got a good reason for it. Like, I, th- yeah. those are always like the last things to get packed in whenever yeah, I move. Yeah. Uh, it's always like, no, I'm gonna need these. I might need to watch Rashomon this weekend. I can't just pack it away. Um, so, Knives Out. It's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into it for a second, but just as a brief uh, kind of preamble to explain uh, the choice to watch this, it was announced uh, this week, just gone that uh, the sequel to Knives Out, uh, which seems to be titled Knives Out 2, which we'll get into in a second, I is, is. is get well is, is going to be released on Netflix um, in autumn of 2022. Ooh. So that's that's the window they've given for themselves. Those of you who, who, who missed it, um, I think it was about halfway through 2021, it was announced that Netflix mm-hmm. had acquired the rights to distribute um, Netflix, the sequel to Netflix, uh, um, sequel, sequel to, Netflix, to Knives Out, sequel, sequel to Knives Out for $450 million dues. I think they bought the se- the second and third for that. Yeah, there's two. I, I, I think that they see, I think Ryan Johnson was probably trying to pitch it as like a really long running, like Benoit Blanc is going to be it, like a household yeah. name, you know? Yeah, so that's the only name that we actually know is going to be... Well, those two names are the ones that we know are going to be attached to this. So Ryan Johnson, obviously, returning as Mm -hmm. director and writer. And uh, Daniel Craig Craig reprising his role as Benoit Blanc. Now, you've said something interesting there. I've hinted at something. We have talked before on this very podcast about how we hoped that they would move away from the Knives Out name. Knives Out makes sense for the first movie because it's one of Christopher Plummer's Mm -hmm. characters' books. Um, it wouldn't really make sense for the sequel to be called Knives Out 2 if it isn't directly related to that family, which mm-hmm. my assumption is it's not going to be because it's going to be more of a you know Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot, crime of the week thing. Yes, that's what I think. All of the images associated with this news release have the t- have a an image of the title and it's just called Knives Out 2. Yeah, what- that annoys me. Yeah, go on, give me give me your take on that. It, it does it does annoy me. I. I- <clears throat> Just because the night like Knives Out doesn't make any sense on its own to me, to be honest with you, uh, and the fact that it's so yeah, it's so linked to the story of the first one, yeah, I I just it doesn't sit right with me at all. It's no. I, I I don't know. I just I, I just I can't get my head around it, and I, I hope that they change it before it gets released. It, I mean, I, I'll I'll tell you what I think the reason is is that Netflix were like we paid four hundred fifty million dollars for this. You're, <laughs> you're fucking calling it Knives Out, so like, yeah, there's, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no chance that you know anyone's gonna miss it. I think that's probably quite cynical of them. I think a lot of people would be absolutely fine like recognizing that this is the sequel to Knives Out without it being called Knives Out. Yeah, um, and I do hope that this is just a working title and they're able to change it. Um, for release, because the de- yeah, I think it's not been announced as the official title, but at the minute, yeah, there's there's the no hint of what that would be. So, I hope it's a working title, like you say. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is actually Conrad uh, some cast named for this. Oh, is there? Uh, not, might, not just Daniel Craig. This. It must be just new. So there's lots. There's there's actually quite a bit. Um, Catherine Hahn is going to be in it. Oh. Um, you know, freshly off yep. uh, WandaVision. Yeah, uh, the, if- the year when everyone realised that Catherine Hahn fucking rules, even though she's been out here grinding for yeah. like 25 years as an actress. Exactly. Uh, Ethan Hawke's in it. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. I'm not, not a big fan of Ethan Hawke. It's well, it's gonna be a big like it's gonna be a big collection of people like the last one, you yeah. know. We'll just we'll I'll, I'll read I'll read them off and then we'll Go decide on. whether we think this is a better group or a worse group. Okay. Um. So, uh, Dave Bautista. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Edward Norton. Okay. That's Kate good. Hudson. 
yeah, okay. Goldie Horn Jr. Uh, and then Janelle Monet. Okay, yeah, Janelle Monet's cool. Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, okay. Madeline Klein. Not sure who Madeline Klein is. Well, that but, name uh, rings a bell, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah um, I would say that's slightly weaker um, yeah. on Jessica paper. Jessica Henwick too, but I don't know who she is. No, I'm not, that name doesn't 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 ring any bells. It does seem slightly weaker. Maybe there's a couple of big names to be released. Um, I on mean, paper, you've got Edward Norton in there. Edward Norton might be the biggest name there, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, e- Ethan Hawke's a, a couple pretty big, of big name. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. My my problem with Ethan Hawke is that he is one of the few people in Hollywood who looks like their surname. Like he's very a very bird like <laughs> avian looking man, um, and I find that very distracting whenever I see him in <laughs> in, in anything. Uh, you know, when I'm when I'm watching Training Day, I'm 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 like, who who put a fucking <laughs> falcon in that car with Denzel Washington? Uh, he's gonna. Well, what what about uh, what about Edward Norton? I mean, he he has sort of the air of someone who would work at an internet security company. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Edward Norton um, can be amazing. Uh, I I I feel like I haven't seen him in anything that great since Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it was the last thing I saw him in that I was like, oh, Edward Norton's really fun in this. Um, I'm trying to think. He was in um, the first Incredible Hulk. Yes, he or was. The, the second, I should say, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, the second because really... they ignore the Eric Banner one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all. Eric Banner. Jesus, come on. Eric Banner was great in that. Uh, I I I love that first one. Very slow. Very slow. The Ang Lee one. Uh, you know, <laughs> Stuart that... Lee. Stuart Lee riffing on it, saying, yeah, that uh, was... "Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry." That, that was that did was not enjoy that joke. He did not enjoy that joke. He did not find it funny, but I found it funny. Um, the the uh, Eric Banner one was made during that period of superhero movies. I think that might have been that might have been Fox who put that out uh, as well as uh, as well as the X the X Men stuff. Um, but it felt like it came out during yeah. that period of comic book movies where they're like. This person is our leading man, so they have to look like a leading man, even if the character isn't supposed to look like that. Which is yeah. how we got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, despite Wolverine being like a five foot tall, hairy Canadian man, and uh, and the Incredible Hulk played by Eric Banner. The the whole point is that the, like Bruce Banner is supposed to be a like a little weedy girly man, and then he turns into the Incredible Hulk, not yeah, Eric Banner yes, who play, who was just off of playing fucking Hector in Troy. Yes, that's true. Although, although Eric Banner is is you know it's not the best transformation he's ever done. I mean, I mean, into a big green Hulk is quite a good transformation. But if you want to see a great Eric Banner transformation, go and watch Chopper. Oh, hello, Chopper's- hello. <laughs> <laughs> Chopper is where it's at. <laughs> no one's going to understand that. That is one of those movies that like I don't remember very much about it, but I remember Eric Banner talking to kids this like menacing gangster the way he says hello to them it has stayed with me for 20 years since I last hello. Saw hello it was oh my god chilling real guy real guy he's playing a real sociopath oh yeah. such a good show such a good film yeah chopper is pretty good okay right that's enough about that we've done our preamble let's <laughs> let's talk about knives out this movie came out in the winter of 2019, which gives yes. further further support to my my theory that this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> winter, all... okay. Yeah, it came out in winter. That's how low we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're scooping for this. So, um, Ryan Johnson wrote and directed it. All-star cast. We'll get into the, the, the cast in a bit more detail, but just to go through who's in it. Mm-hmm. Anna Darmas, always great to see her. Chris Evans, uh, hot, off of, um, hot off the... I guess this would have been Endgame. Um... I think, or maybe Infinity War. I can't remember. 
Endgame. <coughs> Endgame came out just before. Did it? When did Endgame come out? I think it yeah. came out just before the, the pandemic, didn't it? Oh yeah, Endgame was yeah because um. Oh no, 2019 February or something like that. I think it yeah. was, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh, Far From Home came out that summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah. this is just off Endgame. But so I mean, he he was. This was his like immediate post Marvel film yeah. basically or there might be one in between but this was his big one so you know he's you had... transformed back from <laughs> yeah. being joe biden yeah <laughs> yeah and, you, know. <laughs> you had robert downey jr who was like i'm gonna go off and make a shitty doctor Doolittle movie and chris evans was like no thank you i'm gonna make a good film um yeah. christopher Plummer, always great to see christopher Plummer. um jamie lee curtis don johnson i've got jamie lee curtis down on my cast list twice that she's that important folks um <laughs> lakeith stanfield in a kind of blink and you'll miss him role daniel craig tony collette michael shannon they're all here the gang's all here um and it essentially tells the story of uh, a wealthy author played by christopher Plummer by the name of harlan thromby which is already a great name you already know you're absolutely in for a, in for a rip-roaring ride when the characters are called <laughs> shit like that um he's found dead in his study um in his his um i was gonna say palatial but it's not really palatial it's kind of like uh it's very big but it's very country old house and, i don't know yeah, yeah. It's like a country manor in, I think mm-hmm. it's in New England somewhere. Um, he's found dead in suspicious circumstances, and uh, Detective Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, intends to find out who done it. That's the setup. Benoit Blanc. He has got yeah. a real like New- New- Louisiana twang. To yeah, this he's character. a he's a real a real foghorn leghorn uh, <laughs> thing going on, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. So yeah. um, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about this, and I think I think you might enjoy being able to being able to say this because um you are one of the people i i feel like th- this is gonna be this is gonna be a bit of a tangent but i we're gonna get there in the end folks you have to trust me so i trust you when the force awakens came out everyone yep. was like and i know we talk about star wars a lot on this podcast but everyone talks about star wars a lot and it's you know it's always fun to rip the piss out of star wars so you know join in here the force awakens came out everyone was like jj abrams he's great he's re- he's revitalized star wars and then the last jedi came out and and you were very much on the side of people who were like this is actually a pretty good movie like a lot I of like people mm-hmm. when the last jedi came out yeah i mean i, I liked it as well but i mean when the last Jedi came out, I remember <clears throat> a lot of people in the circles that we run in or like on social media were absolutely like hammering Ryan Johnson yes. and the Last Jedi. And you stood firm and said, "No, this is actually a pretty good movie." I, don't, I think both of us agreed that like it wasn't perfect mm-hmm. by any means, but it was definitely trying to do some stuff. And Interesting was... direction. Yeah, totally. And then the, we had two movies come out. We had Knives Out. And we had Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that one-two punch basically immediately elevated the stock of The Last Jedi and also Ryan Johnson's stock as a director yeah, yeah, and writer. Because yeah. this came out and everyone was like, oh, actually, Ryan Johnson is really good. And this is a really good movie. And The Rise of Skywalker came out and everyone was like, oh, fuck. That, this, this retroactively makes The Last Jedi look great by comparison. Yeah, JJ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I, I, lo- I love that fact. I... I, I I held true with Ryan Johnson to the point where I think it's I don't know what's happening now he was meant to be doing a, a trilogy um for Star Wars mm. I mean wasn't everyone but he was meant to be <laughs> Yeah doing, I think he, I was <laughs> I was pending to do a trilogy Yeah yeah point. I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were writing duo for a trilogy at some point yeah. um but then Dave and Dan got booted and then they sort of we were in the prime position and then yeah. you know I think <laughs> yeah. I think Tucker Waititi's taken over you know we're, we're glad to give it to him we're glad I'm happy to, to step him. out of the limelight I'm happy to step out of the limelight <laughs> Yeah yeah but uh but basically uh I think that 
ever. I don't think he's doing a Star Wars trilogy anymore. But I don't no, think I it was really so. announced. I think it was sort of just let drift off. Um, which, to be honest with you, I would. I don't blame him. I, I think this film really like. I, I could sit and analyze it for ages, but I'm not going to. But I think that you could watch this film with the knowledge that he is trying to de- describe his his experience through making the Star Wars film. Um, <laughs> so Marta Cabrera, uh, Ana de Armas' character in this, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into all the details here, but I, there's a few moments where I was realizing, like, that feels like he's making a comment on that. That makes, it feels like, you know, everything's coming back to haunt him. There's a number of moments where I really felt that he was being inspired by his, his uh, treatment by the fans, the media, and mm. Disney itself uh, in this film. And, and I will not be... Uh, Put a, put a, put from that idea. I might even put a video at some point. If you want to hear that, guys, let me know. But I think there is something there. I think this is really like a, a, a reaction to, yeah. to that that whole situation. You know. Well, I mean, I think even on a very fundamental level, this feels like a Ryan Johnson revenge tour. Like he feels like he has a fire yeah. under him, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm a good director. I'm a good writer. I'm gonna fucking prove it, and I'm gonna make a movie that. Yeah, I'm just gonna say right now, this is easily my favorite movie from this year and one of the best movies i've seen in the last 10 years uh, of the of that decade it's a fantastic, fantastic movie yeah, yeah. um and i i think that i i wonder whether he was just pulling from the experience of making star wars when he was kind of you know creating this viper's mm. nest of uh of family members because yeah. i'm sure it's a very political a very backstabby environment working working with disney um just mm. but if only by virtue of the size of the company that you're working with um but uh, yeah i'd be interested to hear hear your your thoughts on that because um well yeah. very very simply like one of them for example i can't gonna go into them all but one of them for example is the idea that um, you know spoiler 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 you know how we are guys uh anna de armas's character marta cabrera being set up by uh ransom uh you know in that way i really felt like there's certain moments in the story when that setup was happening and when you know she she felt like that was the story the story that she had to tell you know and like and there was there was a lot of guidance in her story and uh and i that character i feel he was speaking through in terms of being made to do things he didn't want to do or Mm. being uh punished when 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 he when he would uh tell the truth and then there's a whole lot i can go to but that's one idea of where i'm going with it you know what i mean okay well you heard it here here first folks that's uh that that uh knives out is in some ways a direct response to his experience working uh, working on Star Wars, which I, I can believe. believe. I can believe it because I bet that was shit, especially the <laughs> Fallout. I spe- like the- imagine the disappointment you must feel when you make a movie, and I think I don't think it's an exaggeration to say uh, of the three new Star Wars movies, it's the one with the most kind of like creative vision to it it's trying to do its own thing it's not always Mm -hmm. perfect but it has an idea and you come out of it and you're like yeah i put some integrity and thought into that it wasn't perfect but i think i've made a good movie and then it comes out and everyone's like you've ruined star wars ryan it's like what do you what how what mindset is that gonna put you in and then going on and to retcon uh in the ninth film with things that (laughs) that don't make any sense whatsoever they didn't even Oh god! Like anyway, we all know the thoughts yeah. about Star Wars. I probably will uh, formulate my thoughts on that, and, and then in the future, at some point, I'll let me, let you know. But I can't remember everything right now. But when I was watching it, there was like at least ten points where I was like, "Oh my god, that's exactly like this." Oh my god, it just really felt like a revenge piece for me. You know? Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Um. So you've mentioned um Anadarmas like kind of maybe being an analog um for for you know his experiences, and also briefly uh hinted at the the kind of plot and where it goes in this. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that caught um 
so many people by surprise with Knives Out, certainly caught me by surprise, is that I think this movie could have worked as just a whodunit. Um, I think the, you know, the, 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 the cast of characters are strong enough that it could have been yeah. that. But I think by essentially subverting that, it makes it so <laughs> much more interesting. And this is the kind of thing that I'm... I'm not going to say cautious about, but I'm yes. interested about with the sequels. Because right. I don't know if they can pull that trick twice. So um, it would be interesting to see what they do. Because yeah, you're right that they they basically were very unconventional. They yeah. told you what happened. Yeah, you know who did half it. an hour. <laughs> like, you're like well 40 aware. minutes in. You're well, yeah yeah. So I mean, essentially, we know from probably about the 40 minute mark who did it, and we are rooting for the person who did it to get away with it because they're a good person, and it was essentially uh, a you know a combination of events and accidents that led to it happening. Um, and I don't yeah I don't think they can. And do it, it does twice. get subverted further at the end, mm. but but. You're right. Like, there's a couple of different ways in which they go with it, which is completely mm-hmm. unlike uh, a, a traditional whodunit. Yeah. So, yeah. do they just now turn it into an? I, I'm sure they don't, but it, it would. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. They having to up the ante. Well, exactly. You like and having to like up the ante on that and be like, okay, how do we subvert this now? Because I mean, mm-hmm. for the for the middle probably like the whole middle third of this movie it goes it's kind of a whodunit at the beginning where you're seeing all the different kind of characters say what their version of events is and Benoit Blanc is kind of figuring stuff out with Anna Diamas uh Anna Diamas's nurse character as his kind of assistant um and then it just turns into like a thriller for the middle third yeah. where it's like okay we're now going to follow uh this character um along with this other character who's helping them and then it turns back into a whodunit at the end because things are resolved in a way that that allows us to sort of know um or allows us to gain information that we didn't have before it's so brilliantly written um yeah uh-huh. it's just yeah i don't know how they do it again i hope they do i really hope they do um so we we've got to talk about if we're going to talk about knives out we have to talk about this cast because we've you've you mentioned them on for the sequel and that's a it, it, devoid of context if you just came to me and said all of these people are in a movie together i would say well wow, that's a pretty damn good cast yeah. um but but the fact that i can look at that and be like oh, i'm not sure about that cast is testimony to how good the cast in in knives out uh one i guess as it will be known um is it's just stacked this there's, there's like I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure Tony Collette's won an Oscar. Christopher Plummer's won an Oscar. Uh, like it's and Michael Shannon definitely should have won an Oscar at some point. Mm-hmm. There's so many talented actors in this, and they're all they're all kind of one dimensional, but they're so entertaining in the dimension they get to be in. I think that it's yeah, it, yes, it's, just I, I, it's one thing that you notice as soon as you start watching it. Like that they're all they're all given ample time too. Like all the big names that are in it are given something to do, and it's. It's not very often you do get a huge cast like this that has such big moments. Like it's yeah. funny. It's funny actually. You know that Chris Evans has come from the Avengers to do this because oh, you're going from he... Captain America to being like the villain of this is such a such a great move. But what I mean is he's coming into another huge ensemble oh, cast, well, yeah. just <laughs> you know, just like the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, there's not really anyone you could fault. I think Michael Shannon does a great job of sort of yeah. being a weird like sort of what would you call. Um, He's up, not really up himself. He, entitled, very entitled character yeah. who feels I think he. he a, they're all entitled. That's that's he, actually the he, theme. He of it, sees him. He sees himself. I think they all see themselves as much smarter than they actually are. I think to which, but his his more than any uh, like is kind of. I think he perceives himself 
as like this intellectual who is kind of like above it all um mm. and just happens to have a son who's like a nazi um <laughs> and that's it's, interesting like this yeah. there is there is some there is some people think that that was like a little answer to you know some uh some crazy neckbeards that were annoyed at me on the internet as well but also uh there's a thing as well if you if you notice like the fact now again spoiler guys if you the fact that um anna de Armas gets given the uh inheritance the idea as well is that all the family are like all the fans and they're annoyed yeah. that Ryan Johnson is the one who gets to steer the ship of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely there's definitely something to that, like taking uh, taking their inheritance or, or their, you know, their legacy away from mm-hmm. them and doing God knows what with it. Um, I, I have to I have to mention, um, talking about the cast, that although most of them don't get too much of an arc, like Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Linda Drysdale, she does get a bit of an arc in this movie, which for someone who is there very much as a supporting uh, character, like the, the, the kind of revelation of these little kind of um, puzzles that she would trade back and forth with her, yeah. with her dad, um, and and that being used to deliver the revelation that her husband Don Johnson is having an affair it's a really really great moment at the end of the movie that doesn't need to be there it absolutely doesn't need to be there they could have got away without it um but i feel yeah. like the script although she's still a bastard everyone in this family is a bastard she is probably i i feel like the script is kind of presenting her as like she's the one who probably is the most competent out of his children and yeah. probably should be the one running things after he's gone um and it gives her that little moment and i just i I love little touches like that in a screenplay because they show that it's not just utilitarian they're 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 trying that you know they're thinking about these characters like real people yeah the the um the depth that they give to characters is is really really good and really interesting i I think that uh in moments like that like where like sort of doing little character things which they don't have to do like you know the moment where they um had like the debate about immigrants you know with the (laughs) adults and like but like it's adding so much into the characters it's like okay obviously okay so she's like the the like you know the liberal one they're the yeah. conservative one and it's sort of giving you more to their characters just because we know yeah. like we all know the family members who are going to be on which side of that debate so therefore it puts us in those positions and do you know what about that scene which really got me right it felt too realistic for me but that's a good thing but it just made me want to scream at the screen because I just was like, no, 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 you know, you need to say this. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was totally like, like just doing an awful job of uh, yeah, you defending know, it, immigrant immigration, like just doing an awful job, mm. you know, and and like it's just I was just sitting there like, yeah, like thinking I want to yell at the screen <laughs> because it's such a realistic uh, conversation that you would yeah. have with people, you know, all the time. And it's just like, you know, no, 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 you got to say this. You know, you put them in your place. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a there's a really like wonderful moment. I presume it was directed, but I, I'm going to give Don Johnson the credit for it either way. Um, a really wonderful character moment in that scene where he they're having the debate about immigration and he he, he summons Anna Diarmas over, who's just minding her own business. Oh, she's not drinking. God. She's working. And he summons her over. And I th- I'm pretty sure he gets the country that she's from wrong. I can't actually remember. Oh, they all say head. different. They all say a different yeah, country. I, I th- I, I can't, yeah, so maybe it's never said. But I, I think he gets the country that she's from wrong. And then he's t- you know talking about the good immigrant and doing it the right yeah. way and all that shit. And then he very subtly, as he's talking, hands her the plate that he's finished 
finished eating off. <laughs> oh god! And it's just like that is, mwah, that's just like the a wonderful moment for that character where like he doesn't even think about how big of a piece of shit he is. It's, that is uh, absolutely nuts. And also, we already know from uh, as well that um, Marta's uh, mother is is an illegal immigrant. Yeah. So yeah. the idea. It just shows this guy to be a complete fool. He's saying, "Look, she's a good one," yeah. and but at the same time, she's actually what he's demonizing. You yeah. know? Yeah. He just has no idea what he's talking about, and not, neither does Tony Collette, which makes it even all the more frustrating because it's just <laughs> everyone in this family fucking sucks, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, we'll, we'll. I've got a couple of other things I wanted to chat about as well, but we can't talk about the characters without spending a moment talking about Benoit Blanc. We've already talked about him briefly, mm-hmm. but uh, the Kentucky Fried Dipshit, as I believe uh, Chris <laughs> Evans refers to, <laughs> refers to him as. Uh, he calls him as well, uh, what was it uh, CSI KFC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe that's, maybe I'm getting mixed up with another film and that's the only thing he says, but uh, either no, way. Definitely, Foghorn Leghorn was mentioned too at some point. Yeah. It, Daniel Craig is, I know he's been Bond for, oh, well, he's not Bond anymore, but like he, he's been for Bond 15 for, years. yes, yeah, it's something like 15 years, isn't it? Like when, when Casino Royale came out, I think it's 2006 it came out. Was it six? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to forget in that time that he's not just that. I know he's made other films in the meantime, but when I think of Daniel Craig, I think of James Bond and I think of a very kind of like humorless, dour kind of performance where it's all like, mm-hmm. I'm an alcoholic and all my wounds hurt. And, you know, he, he his Bond was fairly joyless. And then to see him just slip this movie in to all of that, where he like turns up and he's he's like... He's like Inspector Clouseau. Like he's a, he's yeah. not actually a very good detective. <laughs> like everything that gets revealed in this movie isn't really as a result of him figuring anything out. I guess towards the end he does figure some stuff out, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's so funny watching him just like stumble around. Um particularly in that like opening 40 minutes where Anna Diarmas is following him around and actively sabotaging his investigation because <laughs> she thinks it's going to incriminate her. Um it's just yeah, that those two together are so funny. Yeah, and he when he goes like um, at the end when she when she says you know you know did you know that I was involved? What he goes since the beginning, and I'm just like no, you did. Oh no, he does actually. No, he does point at the red. She has got blood on her shoes, so maybe you did. But I mean, either way, the way he like articulates it is just is ridiculous. And the whole he's not put across as a genius though. No, right, he's put across as just like a normal guy who's he's just trying to solve this case. Yes. Yeah, it's good. I like, about, like, I like his character. The hole at the center of the donut, and there's like, but when you look closer, there is a yeah. smaller hole at the center of that. It just it's nonsense. Smaller it's nonsense. donut. Uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful performance. Um, okay, so last couple of things uh, that I just I wanted to mention because I think they're really good. Uh, first off, I'm always a big a big fan of a movie with a very distinct and kind of emphatic score, and um, the guy did the score for. Knives Out is called Nathan Johnson, and I feel like the score for this movie just it's immediately. His is it his brother? Oh, it might be actually. I didn't even think about that. Um, it could be. It could be. There could be a relation there. All right, you say um, we're going to say. I'll look it up. But um, I, I think that the score for this movie like just grabs you immediately. Like the movie starts, and there are these like kind of acute stabbing stabbing strings um over this establishing shot of the new england or wherever it is um mm-hmm. countryside approaching the house and it's like the kind of bernard herman psychos uh, score it's very very reminiscent of that and i just i loved it because it immediately tells you what kind of movie that you're going to be uh, you're going to be watching yeah no no i really enjoyed it. i think well i'm gonna say i can't remember any music from it now 
but I remember thinking at the time that it was great. Like it's not music; it's not a score that I'm going to listen to separate. No, I think it's a no. score that marries very well with the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. and Nathan Johnson is uh, his cousin, Ryan Johnson's okay. cousin. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, one of the rare examples where nepotism apparently is actually me- uh, me- uh, merited. Not to say he only got the job through me- nepotism, but it's uh, it's a you know they did a good, very good job with the score. So well done, Nathan Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. And the yeah. the other aspect of this that I wanted to just mention is the kind of the style of it, particularly the costumes where everyone you can kind of see it on the poster. Everyone's wearing like very distinct colors. Mm. I think Jamie Lee Cluedo, Curtis. Cluedo, yes. Yeah, Cluedo it's very West. it's very like Cluedo. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is wearing like a bright pink suit. Um, mm. Like Don Johnson wears purple. It does. That's a really good observation, actually. I think it does mm. totally feel like a game of Cluedo, and I just yeah. I, I, it kind of makes the whole thing feel a bit silly in a good way um camp a- campness is great in a whodunit i, I yeah. think they do lean into that especially with the names as you said they yeah. do lean it like ransom what, what why is this ransom is a great name <laughs> it's just they're just all is that a real a- name like do people have the name ransom like what's not going in on not there? in the kind of circles that we move in but in the you know, in this yeah. in this high society i'm sure there's loads <laughs> of ransoms I, I i you've just reminded me of the 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 christopher Plummer's mother um <laughs> Like yes. with the your back ransom, and it's like never established how old she is. In fact, it's literally said by I think Tony Collette's character that no one knows how old she is. But like, this is nonsense. nonsense. Christ- Christopher Plummer was like ninety when he made this movie. <laughs> so how old was his mum? Like at the at the youngest, she must have been in her hundreds, which is just just amazing to be honest. Yeah, well, they do exist. Um, she's still that up on her true. feet too, so good on her. But still up and funny about, if she yeah. just she pops up in the next one. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love there to be like recurring supporting <laughs> characters. Or oh, bring back Lakeith Stanfield. That's what I want. I want the the, the two cops um, yeah. who uh, like Lakeith Stanfield, the skeptic, and I didn't actually write down the other cop's name, but the one who's like a big fan of Benoit Blanc. And just yeah, it like... was a great dichotomy there between <laughs> yeah, the two. Yeah, just fanboys around. I loved how Lakeith Stanfield called him Benny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you can tell he probably didn't like. To be honest, <laughs> he didn't say anything. Um, but yeah, I mean that is that is knives out. I think that's just about everything I wanted to cover on this. Yeah, that's everything on my list. Was there anything else you wanted to say about it? Well, the, I, like I think this is a brilliant film. I'm excited for the future because when I saw this film, whenever you, like it's similar to when I saw Prisoners years ago. I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in Prisoners, and I thought the the character of Inspector Loki or Detective Loki could have been this sort of thing. Now that wasn't a who done it, so maybe it doesn't lend itself as well. But I like sometimes when you see a character, you think, "Oh, I'd like to see them actually on more cases, you know, solving yeah. more." So I did get this one, this one, and I'm really excited for Benoit Blanc. I think that Ryan Johnson has really redeemed himself. Um, you know, Looper's a great film. If great, it's pretty stupid, but it's fun. You know, um, he's got some other ones which I haven't seen, like Brick and stuff. Uh, mm. Apparently, very very highly regarded so uh i think when we look back on ryan johnson in the next sort of 20 years it like the last jedi will be a weird blip in his career because he is he's, he is a very good filmmaker you know yeah i, th- I think it, it'll be like um stanley kubrick directing like spartacus or something where there's just mm. like oh it's weird that that director came in and did this sort of big budget hollywood picture and then went off and made you know 2001 a space odyssey and all their other arty auteur mm. uh, cinema um i definitely think that's going to be the case for ryan johnson and i, I do hope I, I love these movies and i hope that he makes more of them and they are successful and good i do hope he doesn't get pigeonholed into just doing this though because i think ryan johnson has a lot to offer as a yep. as a director and writer um okay well that's i think gonna do it for us uh this week on the best movie podcast ever which uh, leads us 
very naturally into answering one question as we always do and that is anthony what's your favorite movie this week this is a hard one i think i'm gonna guess, i'm just think i'm gonna go for knives out oh it's gonna be unanimous then because yeah i've got it down here folks i can't show you my screen but this is a shoot it was i had knives out as well <laughs> Uh, normally, sometimes we play it for laughs. Sometimes we we're, we're straight shooters, and this one's this one's uh, straight down the middle. It's a good movie. You should see it. Um, should. It's not on Netflix. I just checked. Um, it's on it's on Sky. So if you have Sky and you live in the UK, there you go. Pop that on. It'll be on Now TV movies as well, wouldn't it be? Yes, I think that's what Sky Sky movies are on that as well. I think yeah, most of the time. Sure. We should get paid for this. We should send letters out to them and be like, "Oh, hey, Rupert, do you want to?" Yeah, <laughs> Rupert. Rupert. <laughs> billionaire tyrant you um, bear you right. <laughs> is that what someone calls him no that was a rupert the bear joke oh i see <laughs> i was turning rupert Murdoch I, into rupert that the bear, is, i can honestly say that is the first time i've thought about rupert the bear in 20 years <laughs> i i was like rupert the bear and then i remember that little check scarf and that little red jumper and the last time you watched me. a double bill rupert the bear and chopper 20 years ago yeah yeah that was that was an odd weekend let me tell you um okay right that's enough of that that i'm just gonna say thank you to people we're gonna move swiftly on from my right, chopper and rupert the bear double bill so thank you to nancy wyatt and jared iscariot for the use of our theme song you can find links to their stuff down in the description below and thank you to you yes you i'm pointing at the camera uh probably messing up my focus while doing it as well uh for listening please consider subscribing if you haven't already we are the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps and we are the culture cave on youtube Get Get involved in the comments. Let us know what you've been watching, what you thought of Knives Out. I'm sure you loved it, because how could you possibly not? And we will see you same time, same place, next week. Little known fact, Ryan Johnson actually directed Ozymandias, the great episode of Breaking Bad. Bye.